Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Special Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery when you add an adjustable base. Ends Monday. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. And welcome to the Parentologist Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kim. The Parentologist Podcast is a show about everything parenting with a therapeutic twist. I have a doctor in psychology and am a licensed marriage and family therapist, a registered play therapist, university professor, writer, and mom of two. Each episode of the Parentologist Podcast focuses on a variety of topics related to parenting, family, children, and mental health. I'm glad you're here. On today's episode, I will be talking with Dr. Regine Maradian, who is a licensed clinical psychologist, a mom of three, a children's author, a speaker, consultant, and mental health advocate. So impressive. She's also the co-founder of a mental health advocacy organization called Team Project Rise, which stands for Recognizing and Improving Support for Educators. And it advocates for a teacher training program that equips educators with tools they need to better identify, interact with students that have mental health struggles. That is amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Regine. Thank you for having me. It's so great to be here. Absolutely. Um, and uh, Dr. Regine and I um, met um, through the Instagram app, and I love meeting other clinicians and other people that are in the mental health field, um, you know, so we can connect together and support each other um, because mental health is, is, is such a um, prominent issue, especially with children. And I know a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of focus on adults, um, you know, going through different mental health struggles. Um, but I love that you and I both um, talk a lot and um, to parents and educators on children's mental health. And I love that you that you specialize in that um, because it's so important um, for the children to have support as well. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, you just uh, 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 your third book just launched um, recently called Francine and Her Special Talents. This is your third book, and I would love for you to take a minute to just tell everyone about your new book um, in your own words. Oh, thank you. Yes, it's um, this is actually um, a culmination. So my my first two books were, you know, all about this little boy Frankie, and um, I was just feeling that Frankie was feeling a little alone. So we came out with Francine and, um, you know, I was really honestly inspired, uh, throughout this pandemic by so many teenagers out there who were starting their own businesses. Um, I don't know if you were even noticing on Instagram kids who were, you know, just getting busy with different things, such as making their own business, uh, business, such as baking businesses, um, creating their own jewelry line or clothing, and it really prompted um, me to think about, you know, and also what kids were going through pre-pandemic too, and, and I'll go into the book a little bit, on how, it's, how incredible it is that the mind is so creative and how we can dive in to that inner creativity in times of crisis, right? Because those are all positive things. Right. And um, create something so beautiful. So Francine is all about... Um, 
this little girl who comes home, she's upset. And I think we can all connect with this where she doesn't make one of the teams. And I think here, especially, um, in the States, you know, we're really big on sports teams and, and, you know, keeping kids busy after school with volleyball, basketball, and all these other sports. Um, but the arts kind of get neglected a little bit. Right. And, and there aren't really special, I want to say classes like in school where you can kind of learn that besides theater. So I really wanted to use that as an example that it's okay if you don't make a team, because that doesn't mean that you're not good enough, even though kids may feel that way right? and really showcase how other things can be born. And you already have those inner talents. You just have to dive in and find what the, what those are. Right. And you know, it's interesting that you say that. And I, I do advocate for the arts. Um, my daughter, actually, I was trying to figure out what classes to sign her up for the summer because she wanted to do a couple summer camps and, you know, start taking some classes. And she had friends doing a swim camp and a volleyball camp and all these sorts of, you know, sporting camps. And I asked her what she wanted to do this summer. And she said, I want to learn art. I want to take an art class. And so I actually, last week she went to an art class and she came home with these amusing, uh, amazing, beautiful projects. And this week she's doing like a pottery class where they actually use the wheel and make their own ceramic pieces. And then they, you know, um, fire them and they paint them and, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, and she's loving it. And she, that's what she's into. I mean, she likes the sports too. She has a dance class she's going to do soon. And, um, but she's, she's not into like the group sports, you know, yet. And so art was the way for her to, you know, utilize her special talents. Like I know Francine does in the book. And, um, and I feel like I agree, they do get neglected and it's great that you focused on that because, there are so many creative children in this world. And especially like you said, during the pandemic, um, and working with mental health, um, a lot of the ways when I work with children, uh, and maybe you do the same, but I, I, I use a lot of obviously play and art and music, but a lot of those arts is how they heal. It's how they make sense of the world. It's how they work through their issues and things that are going on in their lives. Um, and it's an art and all the arts are very, very therapeutic. Um, would you agree with the work that you do? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, it's so interesting you bring up the art component because that's how Frankie, my first book was born, Frankie and the Worry Bees, was when I was noticing that anxiety was on the rise, you know, starting distance learning. The only way I found, I'm not sure what it was like for you and your practice, but the only way I found a way to connect was through illustrations and having them really not only write down their feelings, but draw them out. And that was really successful. And that's how the book was born because I was realizing, wow, through these activities, they're really connecting at the core. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I see that too. I even do that even with the little ones that I work with, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, since they can't spell yet, or maybe they can't read yet. Um, uh, you know, they're too little developmentally for that. So they, I do have them, um, use movement and act out their feelings or I have them draw it out or, you know, tell a story about it, but it's all done through the arts. Um, and it's, it's mostly, like you said, for, for, um, anxiety and different issues like that, that I've been seeing lately that, like you said, has been on the rise, um, especially after, you know, during this whole pandemic. So, um, well, I read the book mm-hmm. and at the beginning of the book, Francine rightfully has some really big emotions, um, mm-hmm. that you touched on a little earlier, but I want to ask you as an expert, why is validating a child's emotions so important? Oh, I love that question. Um, yeah, that's something I really wanted to showcase as a primary issue because a lot of the times, and we're seeing this generation of kids, not 
you know, so, you know, you have the introverts and the extroverts, and this is more for the introverts that end up internalizing their emotions. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's important as a parent that you recognize that all children are so different and how they express it. And that doesn't mean that if they're not talking, that they're not feeling anything or that nothing's going on. So, um, in the book, you know, Francine's obviously more of an extrovert personality where, you know, and she coming to her mom or her mom kind of notices that she's a little down and, and she's not feeling good. And so mom kind of prompts that conversation with her. And it's something that I think is so important for parents to do, um, to do even nowadays is, you know, just really paying attention and listening versus devaluing, right. And we don't do it on purpose. I think as parents, we want our kids to be happy. We want them, we don't want them to be sad, but I think it's important for them, um, to feel those emotions. And for example, like she didn't make the team, right? So instead of saying, Oh, don't worry about it. You'll do it again, or you'll make it next time. Um, that's not going to make her feel good, right? Mm -hmm. She wants to feel that, okay, I'm, I'm glad I can try again, but right now at this moment, this is how I'm feeling. So validating an emotion, um, as an example would be, you know, I can really understand how that makes you feel. I'm sorry you feel this way. What can we do to make you feel better? And really having her process and let her do the talking and process him or her, right? If mm-hmm. it's a way to process those emotions, um, because that's when actually, you know, you can dig in deeper and find resolution, right? Um, because when we don't validate, then we're shutting down their emotions and they're not, we're not really listening to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, I 100% agree. I've been actually talking about that a lot um, in my practice and online as well, and just the importance of um, you know giving children that validation. And you know, I have to say that you know, as a parent, and I don't know if you agree with this, I always feel like it's much easier mm-hmm. for me to advocate for other parents uh, or educators mm-hmm. um, to validate. But then sometimes, as a mom myself, mm-hmm. I catch myself when my child's upset, trying to comfort them out of just you know, good intention of saying, mm-hmm. Oh, it's okay. Don't worry. You're going to be fine. You know, just as a, as a way, you know, to, to help, to help lift them up a little bit more. And I have to catch myself mm-hmm. and say, Oh, nope, that's not what they need. Or that's not what she needs or he needs. I have a boy and a girl. Um, yeah. but I do catch myself and I think a lot of parents do too. And I don't know, I, I just think it's easier to, um, to, to share that with other parents, the importance of it, but doing it myself, sometimes I I catch myself, um, you know, going to that kind of, um, automatic response of trying to just make them feel better instead of actually, like you said, giving them that space and listening and, um, you know, validating, showing that empathy and things like that. Would you agree? I feel like it's, it's a lot harder to do with the mom sometimes, (laughs) you know, coming, taking my, uh, professional hat off and putting the mom hat on. Absolutely. And that's because, you know, and, and them too, I mean, they're even, you know, we, I get that question. Oh, your kids must be so well-rounded and so great. And so, wow, it must be like the perfect parent. And I stop people. I said, no, there is no such thing as perfect parenting or the perfect parent, no matter what profession we're in. Mm-hmm. I think we're just more aware, right. As therapists, sure. we're, we're more aware of what's going on. So we know how to incite those conversations Um, but I'll have my daughter tell me that as well, where it's like, Oh, please just listen. And then I really step back and I'm listening instead of, you know, like you said, you're, you're trying to help them feel better. But sometimes when they're telling you halt, 
just listen is when I don't really need your advice right now, or I don't really need that encouragement. I just need you to hear me out and I need to just vent and purge. And I always say, and I follow up with that as a cue to say something like, wow, I, I mean, those are really big feelings. I, I know how I can just understand what that feels like. Um, and sometimes they'll say, no, you don't know what it feels like. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's okay too. And, and I think it's validating that part also. Um, and just opening up and creating that conversation. And it's so interesting. We, we just went through this last night where my daughter wanted to tell me something and then she stopped. No, no, no. I'll tell you later. And she's my extrovert. She shares everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I followed up this morning on the way to, you know, she's doing summer school. And I said, do you want to talk about what you were going to share with me yesterday? Um, no, I'm good now. And I said, okay, well, you just let me know when you're ready. And when you put it back in their court like that, let me know when you're ready. It kind of leaves that opportunity and conversation open. Oh, wow. Mom's not going to grill me over this. She's not going to ask me a million questions. I'm going to be ready when I want to tell you. And then it goes back to that control. Yes. And that's how the conversation kind of opens up. Um, and also with the introverts, don't give up as parents, like, step back, check in, step back, check in, but don't forget that there's still something always pending there that you can take that opportunity and talk. Yes, absolutely. That's such great advice. And it is very empowering for children, like you said, to kind of put it back in their court to, to, to know that they have that opportunity and it's an open door for them whenever they're ready. Um, but they don't have to feel mm -hmm. that pressure, um, to have to do it in that moment or, you know, uh, they have to wait for a time that's right for them. So wonderful advice. Um, let's keep going and talking about how parents can focus on their child's strengths and mm -hmm. special talents and encourage them to engage in activities that complement those strengths. Um, similar to what you talked about in the book, how, what advice would you give to parents, um, to look for those special talents in their children and how to encourage them to use them? Yes, I, I like, I'm, you know, I'm just thinking about what you and I were talking about with, for example, your daughter who loves drawing. Um, you know, some kids, sometimes they don't really know exactly. And that's how Francine was in her mind. It was just about the sports. So she didn't really know what she did like, but here you are. And she had all these different, um, how do I say, I, I'm not even going to call it a talent. She had, she created that talent, but she had these desires of things she wanted to do. And, you know, even I'm thinking about chess, I'm thinking about, you know, um, even reading clubs or book clubs. Uh, there's so many different activities that kids are interested in, or like you said, pottery. I love that. Um, and just kind of like stepping back, especially if they're, let's say if they're in this space of pain, like Francine was, or maybe they're not, and they're just bored and you're trying as a parent to get them off the device and get their creative juices flowing. It's like, huh, what are some things you've been maybe interested in doing? Most kids will say, Oh, I don't know. Okay. Well, you know, the parent could have like a list of things if, if all fails and nothing comes out, well, can I show you this list? Like, let's look through these activities. I thought they were really cool. What do you think? Um, and then you kind of start engaging them and creating that conversation, right. And, and well, there, there are classes for this and what do you think? And maybe it's something can take on and kind of going from there. And even if they're not really interested in that moment, um, you know, they may be later. I've had also clients, who are incredible artists. Oh my goodness. And they would bring in their drawings and I do a lot of art interpretation, but they weren't taking any classes for it. It was just so innate. And I would ask them, I'm like, 
are you taking any classes for this or exploring this talent? And they would say no. And that was something, you know, just me igniting that conversation. Like, wow, you know, you can really do something with this. You should see just the glow on their face because they never even thought about that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think us also paying attention to what their talents are. Like, for example, my daughter loves songwriting. My other daughter loves writing, writing. So just putting her in a creative writing class and just saying, well, you're really talented at this. Have you thought about pursuing it? Um, at one point she loved singing. So putting her in a singing class. So there's so many, um, I don't think kids will ever back down and say, I don't want to do it. If they're already, if you kind of already peek in and see that they're, they have this creativity that they are interested in or even something that they're sharing. Um, and even if it's something new, let's say that they've never tried before, uh, you know, I think that's another thing to just encourage them to just give it a try, even though it may be something intimidating. Um, why don't you try and, you know, revisiting those things with them. Exactly. And I always tell my daughter, you know, if you don't like it, we don't have to do it long-term. Um, you know, but if you want to at least try it, you know, do it for a couple weeks or a month or whatever the you know, minimum, you know, classes, even just one time, then you might know if you want to continue with it or not, you know, and I let her know that, you know, it's, it's nothing that's going to be forced on her that if she wants to continue it and, and she's feels like she likes it and she's passionate about it, um, then I'm going to support her. Um, but I, I always, you know, give her that, um, I don't say that out, you know, it's not like I'm trying to encourage her to give up, you know, I don't, I don't want her Mm -hmm. to learn that she can just quit anything at any time necessarily, but I just want her to know that, like you had said, you know, I, I just want you to try it. Um, or if she, cause she's been talking about horseback riding lessons and all sorts mm-hmm. of things, you know, singing lessons, you know, you mentioned that. And so I said, okay, great. You know, let's, let's do them one at a time. And if you really like something, we can really go forward with it. Um, and if you don't like it, you know, let's give it a month or give it a couple times. And if you don't like it, then we can stop, you know, just so they know that, um, you know, that if they don't like it, they can move on to something else until they find that, you know, one or two things that they're really passionate about, you know, Um, which reminds me that one of my favorite lines in your book, um, is quote, even if you're not very good at something, sometimes it's still fun to try it out. That's Mm -hmm. how we learn new things and discover the things we like the best, um, which is what we're talking about right now. Um, but that really reminds me about having a growth mindset. And I know I've talked about this before and I've, I've seen you talk about it as well how can parents teach their children to have a growth mindset? Maybe what are some, um, conversation starters or prompts or ways that they can, you know, model that for their children to really teach them that growth mindset? Yes. I, I think when kids come up just like that with, they'll usually come up with a negative, um, um, you know, I, I have actually the perfect example I'm going to share with you. So, um, I, I love nature. I love hiking. I love anything nature related. That's I, I, I will never say turn that down. Um, and so it's so interesting because one of my, one of my girls out of the three, they, she doesn't, she's just not a nature person. It's not her thing. She thinks that she, right. it's not like, you know, she's been exposed, but it's not like something we do like a ton, a ton. And, um, and actually, um, we're going to be going to visit a friend next weekend, next week, um, in Colorado where, you know, it's all nature. And I'm just so thrilled and excited to, to do that. And this was actually a conversation we had yesterday and I was telling her, we were actually talking about the whole growth mindset. And I said, you know, I think you're going to be really surprised, um, 
but you have to give it a chance because you never know. I know a lot of times we make assumptions into things that we think we won't like, like trying a new meal, trying, um, or, tr- or, or getting to know a new culture, a new language, uh, food, whatever it is, mm-hmm. or even a new environment. And I say, you have all these assumptions that you may not like it. I think kids go to the negative immediately. But in actuality, you may love this. Why don't you actually give it a chance and see how much you may actually like it? And it was so interesting to see her face. It's my older one. She was just looking at me like, oh, okay. I didn't really think about it in those terms. Mm-hmm. Or I, didn't, I didn't even really see it that way. And I said, yeah, all I'm asking you is just give it a chance. Um, you know, just like I'm giving a chance and, you know, I'm encouraged. I'm not, you know, I'm supporting you. You know, she wants to go to New York for school, for college. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, just like I'm supporting you and I'm having a growth mindset, taking you and checking it out. And you have to show me through your eyes, why you love it so much and why you want this. I'm asking you in return. I want you to show also in me why you just give it an opportunity and give it a chance. And it was interesting because when you flip the, the script that way and you have them look at it from that angle, they're like, oh, wow. Okay. And I always say, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to hate it. You won't like it. Okay. Right. That's fine. It's not, you know, it's not the worst thing. So in general with kids, I really always encourage, you know, to dive in deep and say, you know, just try it. Um, because if you don't try it, you'll never know. Um, you know, don't, you know, even debate. I mean, talk about debate at school or even sports at school or whatever it is that we're talking about. Um, or even any type of new challenge or getting to know a new friend or a new group or a new crowd. It's all about attempting and trying. And the worst case scenario is you can call a parent to pick you up or you don't have to do it if you really don't like it, but at least you're proud of yourself that you actually tried it. Yes. Um, and I actually posted a quote like this the other day and I said, congratulations, at least you tried, even if you failed, you tried. Mm -hmm. And that's the success right there. Yes, exactly. Yes. I, I love that. I'm going to go, I'm going to go look at your quotes <laughs> because I, I want to repeat it because, um, I, I'm just, I, it's so important. Um, you know, like you said, whether it's a new food, a new activity, um, you know, even, even going back to school, trying with a new teacher, making new friends, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, and sometimes when it comes to homework or, um, I know I noticed this with my daughter last year when she was, she's um, going to be going into second grade. So, she was learning, um, new types of math problems and things like that, that were a little challenging for her for the first time, you know, in school, it's starting to get a little harder now. And, you know, she always would say something like, I can't do this. I don't want to do this anymore. It's too hard. I just can't figure it out. I'm not smart enough, or I'm not you know, good enough or whatever the words were. And I would respond with, something validating, you know, like I I can see how frustrated you are. Um, I'm so sorry that, you know, you're so frustrated about this. Um, I can completely understand how you feel because I know when I was in school, I'd get frustrated too when I was learning something new and hadn't figured it out. But I said, um, after that, I followed up with, but you haven't figured it out yet. And I think just that mm-hmm. one three letter word is so important for parents to remember to say, you, you know, you haven't tried it yet, or you haven't figured figured it out yet. You know, 
Um, so there is that, you know, um, that instilling of that hope that, um, that they, that they need to try it, like you said, to at least try it, um, to either try to conquer it or try to learn it or, you know, whatever the case may be, and just mm-hmm. know that there's, that they haven't done it, but, but that, that they will figure it out. They will figure out what they like. They will figure out, you know, um, you know, that math problem or whatever the case is, but that three letter, three letter word is so powerful, you know? Yes. Yes. And yeah, and and that's the best you can do. And I think that actually when, even when kids see you trying and they see you failing, which is fine. And I'm a big advocate of failure. And I think that failing makes you stronger, makes you more successful and really teaches you who you are and what you are really good at and how you can do better. Yes. And that's so important. Actually, I just want to pause on that for a minute because I feel like, you know, as parents, we're told to, or maybe trained or just, you know, society tells us, you know, to be positive with our children. And of course, you know, we do that as much as possible, um, you know, to always you know, encourage them in this and that. Um, but I, I do, I, I don't think a lot of people like to sit in the negative stuff. You know, it's icky. No one, no one likes to feel, mm-hmm. you know, that, that feeling. Um, but failing is such a big part of growth. You know, you, to grow, you have to fail and to sit Mm -hmm. in that and be okay with it. And to, to be in that dark, icky moment is, is actually uh, a way that children can grow. And it's so important that parents don't ignore that or parents don't just skirt over it and slide it under the rug and say, Oh, okay. You know, let's just focus on all the good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. you have to sometimes focus on the bad stuff in order to, to maybe get to that, that finish line or to get to the good stuff. Sometimes you have to go mm-hmm. through that first, but it's, it's not a good feeling that a lot of parents want to sit in, you know? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. um, okay. I know we're almost out of time. Say it again. I'm sorry. No, I said excellent point. Yeah. Yes. It's, yes. Just, it's, it's a hard one, you know, but it's, it's an important one. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, okay. So we're almost out of time. Um, but I do want to just touch on a couple other quick things. Um, I wanted to ask you, I know in your book, you talk about, um, identifying positive character traits and you list a bunch, um, at the end of your book, um, near the activities, mm-hmm. which by the way, we didn't talk about that yet, but at the end of Dr. Rasheen's book, she has, um, some great activity sheets that you can do with your child, um, at the end of the book. Um, and they're, they're very powerful. So it's, you know, a book you can read your child. And then it's also one that you can get interactive and, um, you actually do some activities with them, um, some thoughtful activities. So I, I love that part of your book. Um, but you also mentioned some positive character traits. If you would just mention a few of those, so everyone's on the same page, as far as, you know, what is a character trait, and how parents can, um, help children identify what those, um, character traits are. And then again, encourage them to focus on them and uh, the things that they do in their life when they're making friends or when they're going to school, when they're learning a new skill, whatever the case is, um, we just share a couple of examples of what those character traits are, and then, um, maybe suggest how parents can help support that in their own children. Yeah. So, um, towards so this is, this is, uh, the third activity I have in the book, And, um, I thought it was important to kind of shine in what are positive character traits because a lot of the times, you know, especially with teens and tweens, you know, they're developing and ever, you know, they're, they're really focused on body image and social media and what they're seeing. And so they really lose focus on who they are. 
And it was really important for me. It is important that at such a young age, and even yours, I mean, she's second grade. I mean, the earlier you can start, the better, is really focusing on what their beautiful, positive attributes are. And I believe every child has these positive attributes and it's important for us to showcase them and, you know, praise and validate and showcase who they are. So for example, um, some of them that I have on here, some examples are, you know, some, some incredible words that I love, adventurous, you know, caring, cheerful. I am loving. I am funny. I am curious. I am optimistic. I am helpful or I'm organized. So you can, you can create, these are just some examples. And in the, in the book, there's an activity with the bubble and you can sit down with your child and really brainstorm. Well, what are some other things that you feel that you are and really try to help them find what those words are. And if they say, I'm not sure, or maybe it could be like, I'm really good at drawing or I'm really good at, I'm helpful. I'm, you know, I'm there for people. I'm a good listener. Um, I always hold, you know, uh, a seat for my friend. So whatever it is that they do every day, I think we kind of miss that, or I'm a good helper. I help mom in the house or whatever it is. Um, I'm a good sibling. I'm, you know, I think it's important for them to kind of realize all the positive things that we do. And I don't think even as adults, we do that enough within ourselves. I mean, can you imagine how much harmony would even be brought into a family and in a home if we went around the table every night and said one positive thing about each other, right? It's so easy to dive into the negative. It's so easy to point out what we're not doing right. But how about we start pointing out what we are doing correctly, So even if you, your child's baking with you, for example, you know, let's not point out that you made a big mess and there's a lot of flour on the counter. Let's point out how well you're doing and spilling, uh, you know, the contents in the bowl or how well you're mixing, because those are the things that kids are going to really take on. It's the negative also that they take on as trauma. Let's not forget that. And where they tend to hyper-focus on the things they're not good at. So even in school, when a kid bullies another child and says, oh, you know, your hair is too long or too short, or they start, you know, really picking on their body traits or body attributes, that sticks with a child. So only imagine if we emphasize the positive traits, how much more confident they will become in themselves and really believe in themselves. And I'm not saying you're going to, sh- you know, shield them from the negative. Absolutely not. That that needs to happen. That's part of their growth. But it is about us shining the positives. Um, I want to give you one more example. Let's say you ask your, you know, significant other, your husband, your spouse, whoever it is. Hey, can you do the vacuum? Um, that would really help me out. Or could you pick up after the kids? Or could you do this load of laundry? Or could you do this? Or could you help me with the dishes? You know whatever it is that you're asking for help, or can you throw out the trash? If I say, wow, you did such a terrible job. I mean, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to do it next time. Don't even bother. Mm-hmm. That person is not going to want to do it again. Right. And we can't blame them for not doing it. But instead, if you come with an attitude, okay, let's assume they didn't do it right. Cause no one will do it as good as you. And if they, if you say something, wow, you did such a great job. Thank you so much for helping me out. 
we want to say the same thing to our kids if they're helping with the dishes or they were helping us do anything in the house or making their bed. So it is about focusing on what you are good at, right? And I also tell teachers at school the same, focus on the positive behaviors, not on the negatives, because that's what's going to create the change and make them more motivated. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That was so powerful. And I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and I actually used to work in, um, um, elementary schools, um, all over San Diego, uh, implementing a positive behavior support program. And of course, Mm -hmm. you know, just by the name alone, if someone's not familiar with that, I'm not going to go into it per se, but we did focus on the positives and and research did show that when a parent or a teacher or a mentor of some kind focuses on the positive, that's what the child is going to give back to you. If a parent, teacher, or mentor focuses on the negative behaviors, that's what the Mm -hmm. child is going to give back. So, um, so it's really focusing on, on the behaviors that the parent or caregiver wants. Um, and, and that also, like you said, just encourages them. And I a hundred percent agree. I love your idea about the family, um, around the table, talking about the positive things about each other and the different traits, not only does it help, you know, their own individual self images, um, but it also just creates that attachment and that positive, secure attachment. So I'm, I'm going to do that with my family tonight. So thank you for inspiring me and giving me that yes. um, idea. Cause it is so important to focus on those, um, positive character traits, especially mm-hmm. as they get older and, you know, peers become more of an influence, um, you know, being, you know, set in who they are as they're, as they're growing and they're learning about who they are and, you know, who they want to be in the future. Um, you know, having those, those critical, um, feelings about themselves and, you know, their, their values, their character traits and, and being comfortable in their own skin, um, mm-hmm. is so important. So thank you for all of that. Um, where can people find your book and where can people find you if they want more information? Yes. Yeah, so my book is, uh, you can find it on my website, um, uh, Regine, R-E-G-I-N-E, Muradian, M-U-R-A-D-I-N.com. And I have a book tab and also they are all on Amazon. So even if you just search my name, uh, Regine Maradian, you, the books, all the books will come up. Perfect. And on social media, where can people find you there? Uh, I'm also on Instagram, uh, Dr. Regine Maradian and on Facebook and on LinkedIn. Wonderful. Well, Dr. Regine, thank you so much. Um, I'm so glad we, we connected. Um, you have such powerful, um, you know, wisdom and I'm so glad you're able to share it today with everyone. And, um, I really do truly love your book and I hope, um, so many parents read it because, um, it's, it's just, it's such a great message that it sends, um, to parents and children. And like I said, with the activities that you include as well as a great way for parents to connect on a, a deeper level as they're reading the book to their children. So thank you for writing it and thank you for being here today. Thank you. So I really appreciate you having me. It was wonderful. Thank you for joining us today. I can't wait to have you back for more. Make sure to subscribe to the Parentologist podcast so you don't miss an episode and make sure to tell your friends. This podcast is not intended to be a replacement for therapy. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call 911.